0: I've got a question for you tonight. Let's pray the Lord would speak. Did you know, let me me just back up and ask, why did you guys come tonight? Think about it. And let's be honest, because we're all, we're friends here, right? Why did we come tonight? We, well, my kid had a party and, you know, and, and this is kind of what we do. And, you know, we're Christians and. You know, and those are all hey, hey, not a problem. But here's where I want you to lift the bar. I want you to raise the bar in your life. In, in fact, uh, this is, this can be not a New Year's resolution, but a New Year's commitment. That when I come into the presence of the Lord, when I come into the Wednesday night service, Sunday morning service, or or home group, or whatever I do, I'm coming expecting God to speak to my life and change my life, and 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 and. Fix some things and raise some things up. I'm coming with an expectation that God is going to speak to me, direct me, use me. It, how many of you serve in the church somewhere at some place? When you come, hey, listen, when you come, I'm just trying to set this in your head, okay? If I could just stick it in there and boom, when you, when you show up on Sunday morning, I pray you would show up in your heart before you ever got here and you say, God, use me today in what I'm doing. Whether it's playing the bass or taking the offering or, or serving in the nursery or in the children's ministry, I come to give my best to you as a wise man. And when we come to serve, we are offering ourselves up. And how many of you know God doesn't want mediocre? Come on, everybody, look at your neighbor and say, God doesn't want mediocre. He really doesn't. And so when we come to serve, you know what? He's not, you know, God, when God looks down and says, man, I'm so proud of you. This Sunday, when you worked in the nursery in the children's ministry, you gave God your mediocre. Yeah, no, that, you know, do parents, do y'all honor mediocre? Do you give your kids uh, prizes when they carry out half the trash? No, you shouldn't. Okay. And now, so let's give God our best in every area of our life as we move into this year, not just with our resources, but with who we are. We show up, we give Him our best. That means even if you got an issue when you show up at church, you put a, you know, a God bless you smile and a serving, I'm serving God with my whole heart. Amen. And and say this, uh, uh, to somebody else uh, no burnout allowed in 2015. No burnout. No burn out allowed. We're going to burn bright for God. Amen. And so my little mini encouragement to you today. Uh, turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 1. As we jump in, I've got a question for you and then I'll answer it. I won't leave you hanging too long. But we want to look at, at Mary for a few moments tonight uh and just learn some things from her you know in the advent season and and you know what the more i've looked at, at mary the more i respect and honor her uh i don't deify her some deify mary she uh she was she's she's not god she's not she was certainly godly uh uh and uh, uh I, I, I my the bar has been raised in my life you know when i was grow, growing up i just all i knew about mary was she was a little teenage girl who god you know, endowed uh, uh, by the Holy Spirit, and she gave birth to the, to the Christ, and that's about all I knew. But when you start looking into her life and, and the character of Christ in her uh, and the character of God in her, it's just an amazing thing. Uh, so tonight, with that in mind, uh, as I gave you a little mini message, everybody said, God, speak to me tonight. Lord, speak to me tonight. Open my heart to hear in Jesus' name. And everybody said one more amen. All right, Luke chapter 1, what we're going to talk about, the favor of God. And let me tell you something, as we'll see here, Mary had the favor of God on her. Uh, And the question is, is it random or is it deliberate? Everyone say, is it random or is it deliberate? Uh, Let's just look at Mary. Verse 26, now in the sixth month, this chapter 1, Luke. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was? Now y'all are good. You're not, hey, you still got a little life left in you. I may throw you another one and see if you're with me tonight. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, exclamation point. I'm telling you, now that says loads about Mary. Uh, He comes with this declaration that no one ever had in the history of the world has ever received. This was God's word for her. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, I'm telling you, uh, we we could stop right here. And this is certainly just off the cuff here. How many of you have since on some level that God has favored you. You know, the responsibility of the favor of God, what what did the angel say? Hey, you're highly favored. You better rejoice and you better be thankful. The Lord is, let me just say, how many of you know the Lord's with you? Man, you do have the favor of God. We do, don't we? Uh, He said, blessed are you among women. Uh, And so, So among all the women, she's got the blessing. So here we go. Let's jump back in. Uh, But when she saw him, she was now, catch this, she was troubled at his saying. Not at troubled with Gabriel, the angel Gabriel showing up in her living room or, or in her little house or domicile. That did not seem to faze her. You might think, well, maybe she didn't know it was an angel. Oh, yes. And so... When Gabriel shows up, you know it's Gabriel, right? He probably has a horn with him, so you have to know it's Gabriel, right? I don't know, I'm just jesting. Uh, she, co- she was troubled at his saying and considered what matter of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have what? Somebody say, found favor with God. Now, let me just say, I'm gonna, I, use, I use a lot of inference. To me, you know... This word "found" could be discovered, uh, you know, uh, and so, so we. I just my inference here is, I don't think the favor of God is random. Something about Mary caused her to be to find favor. So the fa. I, I, I believe this. The favor, even though I think God could, the favor of God is never random. It's only manifest when the conditions are right. Now, you can study this out if you like. And I've, I've looked, and, and boy, and you go from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you'll discover, uh, I'll just show you a couple of thoughts here. But I want you to understand that if we're going to live like Mary lived in the favor of God, we have to partner with God. See, I believe God wants to favor us. How many of you believe that? Do you think the Father God's looking down on you and say, you know, you've just been chosen not to be favored. But I'm go I've just choked, you know, it's the luck of the draw. Oh you think God's up there going eeny meeny miny moe, rock, paper, scissors? Absolutely not. God wants to favor us. He wants to show us, he wants us to be highly favored. Somebody say highly favored. I really believe that. And so we're gonna learn some things from Mary tonight. But uh, let me just throw you out a couple of thoughts. So you will kind of embrace this thought that the favor of God is never random. 1 Samuel 16 talks about uh, 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 Samuel coming to the house of Jesse and f- searching for the new king. You remember the story? And he brings Jesse, bring me all your kids, all your sons, and they go through all of them and, and not they're not and... And he said, well, do you have any more sons? Uh, and he said, yeah, but he's just a shepherd boy. He's still probably going through puberty and all those things. He, he's probably not ready. Uh, and uh, he said, no, I want to see him. And in the, all of that process in 1 Samuel 16, you see an insight. It says, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the what? He looks on the heart. And tonight in a little bit, we're going to look at Mary's heart because I believe, this is what I believe about the favor of God. If you want to live in the favor of God, if you want to uh find yourself in a place, and if you want to find the favor of God, your heart has to be right. It's the heart that God looks for. When he's looking for someone to to favor, is he looking for hair color? Is he looking for race, creed, and And, and nationality. No. Is he looking for status in this earth? No. In fact, God chooses the what? The weak things of the world to confound the wise. So none of those things that we think that would move somebody to, you know, does God look for smart people? You know, it says the fool, he takes the foolish things to confound the wise. So none of those things line up with our secular or, 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 you know, natural mindset. God is looking at the Heart, thank you. Let's say it a little louder. God is looking at the heart. And so uh, here's one more scripture. Jesus said this, and I really believe this applies here, okay? It shows this principle to be true. Matthew 7, 6, it says this, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Now, how many of you believe if God's teaching us a principle here, that he walks by that principle? And in other words, he's not going to favor those who will not respect and honor or who, who have not lined up with the conditions necessary to receive the favor of God in their life. A lot of people want God to bless them financially, right? How many of you want God to bless you financially? How many of you, let's throw Hey, nobody lie here. How many of you in the last... Uh, Ten days of ask God. Let's just be honest to give you some more money. I got my hand up. I want more money. Uh, how many of you know money's the answer to all things? How many of you haven't asked God to to give you any more money this past week? You better start asking because Jesus said when you pray, pray this way: Give us this day our daily bread. Now what? Now I'm. God's never just showed up put bread in my table, but he has given me money to buy that bread. Come on, could I get a better amen. That's a good thing to do. There's nothing wrong. But how many of you know God blesses those who are a blessing? And the principle of God is, uh, uh, honor the Lord with your tithe and offering, and that he'll open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing, so much so that you cannot contain it. Philippians chapter, uh, what is it, 4, it says, it says, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, but the preface to that... What, it's for the Philippians who had given sacrificially. So there's conditions that are necessary in order for the favor of God to line up in your life. It's not random, my friend. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen somebody, it just seems like they always turn up heads for them. It just seems like everything goes right for them. And you think, wait a minute, God, you're doing something for them. Uh, number one, the Lord says, don't compare yourself with other people. But number two, we don't know what's in their heart. Are you with me? Say amen. So we're going to look at Mary's heart condition tonight. Fum, 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 fum. Every time I say the word heart, I want everybody to go, fum, 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 fum. Okay? Will you do that with me? Mary's heart. Okay, maybe we shouldn't do that. I don't know. That was pretty weak. Right, boom, 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 boom. Mary's heart condition Maybe should I rescind that? Well, I never make it through if y'all are from fluming all night. Okay, well, I'll rescind that request. All right. Mary's heart condition. There's the first thing I want you to see. She had a hearing heart. She was sensitive. She was spiritually in tune. Now, I'm going to give you a principle here that will change your life if you will take a hold of it and say, you know, pastor, serious about that. You know, I told somebody the other day who I told him a principal and they said, well, I don't know if that's such a big deal. I said, well, I'm your pastor. And let me just say, when you walk out of this room, you better think, well, my pastor says it's one of the biggest deals. So because he thinks it's big, I think it's big. (laughs) And and let me tell you, I'm going to give you one right here. Okay. She was, she had a sensitivity to the word and the will of God in her life. Okay. So much so that when angels show up, she was not alarmed or surprised it 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 reveals to me that this was a spiritual woman now here's a little secret insight if we had time we'd go over and i don't but the song of mary in verse 46 when she shows up when she shows up at elizabeth's house and she starts praising the lord there in verse 46 all the way down through 55 uh, theologians smarter than i have found at least five direct and indirect references to Old Testament passages. Now, what does that say about Mary? Some people say she's 17, you know, just a young kid. What does that say about Mary? Her praise was laced with biblical reference. Are you with me? A lot of people, oh, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. Holy Ghost, come upon me. Oh, where's the prophet at? Hey, I believe in prophecies. But let me tell you something. Don't go searching around for some prophetic word until you've got your nose smack dab in the middle of God's written word. Because here's the secret to hearing the 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 Rama word from God in your life. You embrace the written word. The logos word of God. And Mary had embraced undoubtedly the logos. That means the written word of God in her life. Because she knew the closer I get into the written word of God, the more in tune I come with God. And he can then begin to speak to me uh, in a rhema word. That's a God-breathed word. And let me tell you something, the God-breathed word will never contradict the written word. And so if you want to make sure you're hearing the voice of God, you better have a good strong foundation in the written word. I've had people tell me that God spoke to them to do things that were totally unbiblical. And I'm going now, I don't know what holy, what ghost you're listening to, but that's not the Holy Ghost. Because that doesn't line up with the written word of God. Hello. And you know what they'll do? They'll try to twist it, but you, listen, when you find somebody trying to vindicate their wrong actions by twisting the Word of God, no 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 no,'t no. It it, it, And so here, here we are, Mary's hearing heart. She had an insight to the Spirit of God because she had embraced the Word of God. Could I tell you? In 2015, you're going to have to get a grip on God's Word. How many of you want God to speak revelation into your life? How many of you want the favor of God in your life? You better get... We better... I'm preaching here. I better get off this podium here. I'm telling you, you cannot find the favor of God if you not embrace this written Word like it's God's love letter to you. If you're looking at it like legalism, oh, man, I... Gotta read my Bible. I forgot to read. Oh, I gotta go to church, Pastor Sam. I know I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit, but listen. Am I telling y'all the truth tonight? Mary's hearing heart. She had a, a in tune with the Word of God. Let me give you some quick bullet points about about her. She received the Word. Look in verse thirty eight look at verse 38 let's go over there it says this it says then mary said behold the maidservant of the lord let it be to me according to your word how many of you know she knew she was getting a word from god and she was receptive to the word of god listen you can't cherry pick what god says to you people cherry pick hey people cherry pick hey Uh, what does it take to get to heaven? Oh, I gotta give my life to Christ. Uh, man, I believe those scriptures. I, I embrace those scriptures. Well, what does it take to, to be blessed financially? Well, you gotta be a tither and a giver. Oh, now wait a minute. I think I'm going, I don't want, I'm cherry picking, you know, I'm cherry picking God's word in my life and I'll take what I want and hey, you can't do that. You gotta, it's all God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the command of the Lord is righteous altogether. And she was receptive to the word of God. And number two, she confirmed the word. Now, let me just throw this at you. If God speaks something to you, I've heard somebody say, I only need a word from God. And, and, and you know what? Uh, hey, I, I think I can hear God, but when it comes to the biggie things of life, I would like a confirmation. Confirmation. How many of you know, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. For example, if if I thought God, you know, in fact, I'll tell you a funny one. Uh, when I was a, a senior in high school, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I was all spirit, but not much word. Okay. And that's the way it was a lot, man. It was. It was heavy on spirit, but not very heavy on the word. And I'm, I'm, I can remember. I can take you where I was. I can tell you what I was driving. I was in a thirty-two Ford coupe that was about two thirds re, redone and built by my father and my brothers and I. I'm heading down the service road on the north side of thirty-five E between Old Villa Road and uh, forget the other road. And I'm on the service road, and I hear this voice say, "If you smoke dope, it'll make you closer to God." One side of me said, oh, that sounds pretty good. But then the smarter side of me said, you know, I'm just not sure that's altogether right. I better check this out. But hey, and so what did I need? I needed a confirmation. So I went and found me some confirmation that affirmed to me that that's not what I need to do. Okay, what didn't... I've I'm grown a little since then. Uh, Hey, but what did what did Mary do? The first thing Mary did, she dashed to Elizabeth's house because she knew Elizabeth uh, undoubtedly had some spiritual unction on her too. And the angels said, "Oh, by the way, she's in her sixth month," uh, and everybody knew Elizabeth. We talked about her Sunday. She was barren, and so she dashed to Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth's house, and the first thing she got from Elizabeth was a confirmation, a prophetic confirmation that she had heard the voice of the Lord. She didn't have to set Elizabeth down and say, this is what I heard. What do you think? She got in the atmosphere where the Spirit of God could confirm to her. How many of you know when she knocked on the door and all that little, that happened and Elizabeth started prophesying and telling the word of the Lord over her and, uh, Without her saying anything, man, who am I? Let's see. She said, uh, "Why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me?" I'm telling you, that's confirmation. Are you with me? So her hearing heart, she received the word. She confirmed the word, and she believed the word. Look at verse forty-five. What Mary says: "Blessed is she who what believed." Amen. She believed that uh, uh, for the for there were will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, that's a prophetic confirmation and she believed it. And number five, she kept the word. Now, let's slip over to chapter two. I'm gonna show you verse 19. 19, but Mary kept all these things and what? Pondered them in her heart. Now, listen. Listen. Here's one thing you need to know. When God speaks to you and you get a confirmation and you believe it, you better hang on to it. And she kept it. She held on to it. As we talked about Sunday in the early conceptual embryonic stages of the supernatural immaculate conception, she made sure she was in an atmosphere of faith for that seed, not just biologically but spiritually, to grow in her heart and life. She kept the word. And number... One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Number five. She pondered the word. Now, this is, this is a cool word here. It means to converse or consult with. In other words, she kept that thing alive in her. She thought about it. It's like the, it's kind of like meditating on the word of God. Psalms one. He that meditates on the law of the Lord will be like a tree planted by rivers of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. She pondered it. She Meditated on it. She she lived and breathed it. Mary found favor from God because she had a hearing heart. I did it. Number two, Mary had a humble heart. Now, as I said to you earlier, she was not at all alarmed by the angel's interaction with her. She was alarmed by the angelic declaration over her, like OMG, which revealed, like I think probably you and I would feel, who? Me? And when you, walk, when you follow her in her footsteps, her footsteps reveal humility in her life. She embraced... Let me just tell you something. When God speaks something great to you, embrace it. It doesn't mean you're prideful. Some people have false humility. Oh, not me. I I could never do that. No, she said, be it unto me according to your word. That's not prideful. In fact, I've heard someone say, a lot of people who are very confident in what God's saying to... To them sometimes are misinterpreted as prideful. Uh, uh, we don't see this with Mary, but listen, confidence in God's word and call over your life is not prideful. It, it's, it's humble. It means you have, you have tapped into the word and the will of God for your life. And, and when you follow her footsteps, let's, hey, let's make it to, let's make it to Bethlehem with her. And why they got, they got to Bethlehem and what happened? They knocked on the end and what happened? There was, Okay, this is Christmas story time. They got to the inn and they knocked on the door and there was no room in the inn. And where did they have to stay? Now, if I were a lesser person, I would have whipped out, don't you know who I am? I'm the mother of the Lord Jesus. You look at here. Jesus, the son of God's about to be born and I am not staying in a stable. She didn't do it, did she? She didn't whip out the mother of the son of God card. And she didn't let the marvel of her moment Move her look over in chapter 2 uh, Verse 15 through 19 So it was when the angels had gone away From them into heaven and the shepherds said To one another let us go now to Bethlehem And see this thing that has come to pass Which the Lord has made known to us And they came with haste and found Mary And Joseph and the babe lying In a manger and when they had seen him They made widely known the saying Which was told him uh, And concerning this child and all those Things were heard uh, and all all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherd, and there it is again. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. It Reveals humility in her life. I really believe that. She never flaunted the favor of God in her life. She didn't have to. In fact, just between you and me, if she could come back and fix a few things on planet Earth, she would look at a lot of religions and say, OMG, you took my humility a little far here. I am not a deity. You can't pray to me. You pray to God. Okay, that's just between you and me. Okay, but uh, but her humility in her life might have lended itself for for people to take that. A little bit out of bounds in the future. Okay. And then here we go. This is the ultimate proof of her hu- humble heart. She positioned herself under the governance of God's ultimate authority. You, you remember, go back in verse 38. She said, Mary said, Mary said this in chapter one. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Now, now that sounds kind of cool. Maidservant of the Lord. Woo, man. Put on some shiny white clothes and let's be the maidservant of the Lord. Man, I'm the maidservant of the Lord. That means a female slave. So when she said, behold the maidservant of the Lord, she wasn't lifting herself up to some place of high esteem. She was setting herself low beneath and under the governance of the authority of God in her life. And that's a sign that she was walking in true humility. Amen. Let me give you a couple of bullet points about humility. Humility is always developed and not endowed. You can't be endowed with humility. You have to humble yourself. It's, it's a, in, in fact, uh, one of the big challenges of, of life is to stay humble before God. And what I've seen, you know what I have seen? I said, you know what I have seen? In, in, in my short time on planet Earth, Jim, uh, you, you may have seen that when God begins to favor people, I have seen God favor people, men of God, pastors, church leaders. And the, f- the first thing they start dealing with is pride. And here, let me just throw this out to you. If you want to stay, you want to stay favor, you want to keep the favor of God coming, stay low before God and let it be developed within you. Amen. Philippians 2, uh, we could go there. It talks about Jesus being humble and, and he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Jesus humbled himself. Quiz question. Anybody want to hear? If we as God's kids choose not to humble ourselves, what will happen? He will humble us. And let me tell you something. It's a lot better to humble yourself than to be humbled by God because what you struggle with, He has no problem. Are you with me? He doesn't have one issue about humbling us. In fact, here's the big, if, if we, what does He do? Who does, who does God resist? The, and how can we find the favor of God if we are, if we are lifted up in pride and God is resisting us? In other words, listen, and here's the the next part. Humility is always the forefather of favor. If you want the favor of God, the forefather of favor is humility. Some say the greatest virtue which we can all attain to. Uh and uh it's like a spiritual law. Uh uh I've got two scriptures: Matthew twenty-three, twelve, and James four, ten. Uh, and I think James four, ten says this: If we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, what will He do? He will. He will lift us up. He'll exalt us. What's that? Favor from God. And so I believe this is a law. Humility is always the forefather of favor. If you want the favor of God, like Mary did, you not only have to have a hearing heart, but you got to back it up with a humble heart. Because when you get a hearing heart and you start hearing these big things and you start receiving these great insights, it tend, the tendency is now, oh man, I am somebody. I'm special. God, hey, you—you you heard the angel, highly favored. None of that stuff. Everybody say none of that stuff. Amen. Let me see what time it is, and I'll. Oh, better hurry. All right, I could I could talk a lot more about that, about the heart. Okay, all right. Now, number three. Mary's heart condition. What positioned her in a place to be favored from God for an angel to come, Gabriel, right out of heaven, and say, "You're highly favored. You have found favor in the eyes of the Lord." She had a holy heart. Her heart was holy. Now, here was her first question she had for the angel. She didn't. She. The only question she had when he said, hey, you're going to have the cry, she said, how on earth can that happen? I have never been with a man. I don't know a man. In other words, we know already she was walking pure before God. And she said, I, I, I don't know a man. So we just know just from that, that on that very base level, uh, she was walking in, in a, some level of righteous relationship. Now, let me just ask a question. Let's think about this and what it takes to be holy. We, oh, I can talk. We could, we could talk about this all year. When, when people think, okay, I got to be holy. Um, God's called us to be holy. The Bible says, God said, be ye holy for I am holy. Holy, holy, holy. What does it take to be holy? You know what? You know where, am I tickling some people back there? holy. You don't laugh. I'll get, I'll get really geared up here minute. Most people approach holiness from the whole wrong end of the stick. And here's what most people, maybe some in this room, when they think, I want to be holy, here's how they approach it. Oh, if I'm going to be holy, there's a whole lot of things that I got to stop doing. I can't do this. It's a list of rules and regulations that, I, oh, if I'm going to be holy, now I have to read my Bible. So legalistically, we start reading our Bible. That's the way the, the Old Testament worked out. And that's the way, even in Jesus' day, you know, all the religious leaders, they'd walk around with their nose in the air and all their religious garb going, oh, I'm a holy man of God and and I obey all the rules. How I many of you know the Bible says, in fact, Colossians said, all these rules, these thoughts of don't touch, don't taste, don't do this, don't do that, they all sound good, but they are of no value against fleshly indulgence. In other words, you can't approach holiness from the wrong end of the stick and go, you know what, I'm just going to quit, I'm not going to smoke you, go with the girls that do you know what I've always learned about all those things I'm not going to do? It's kind of like New Year's resolutions in reverse. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to eat Blue Belt much. And man, when I first got diagnosed with diabetes, you couldn't get Blue Belt within 100 miles of me. I'd get away, devil, and I'd bind you. And, and then I walked by the aisle. Ooh. I'm taking medication now. Uh, I can cover <laughs> Hey, uh, and we approach it all wrong. That's uh, peop, that's why you get. You know what do you hear a lot of the world say: Christianity religion. It's just a bunch of rules and regulations. Why? Because they've seen people try to live under the governance of legalism. How many of you grew up in a real legalistic environment religiously? Any 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 old time Pentecostals here? Whoo, my Lord Jesus! You know uh, the, it was a sin to own a TV, right? And I've I've heard so many funny stories. I've Got a lot of old Pentecostal friends, and how they'd get around that. You know, that they'd, they'd hide the TV or, or just weird things. You know, they thought if they got it on DVD or DV or on VHS, it wasn't really a sin because it didn't come from. You know, I don't know. It's just weird stuff. Kind of like religious leaders of our day, uh, but. Uh, and so we had a whole world of people going, I don't want to, hey, I don't want to go to church. It's just a bunch of rules and regulations. I just talked to somebody about an hour ago. And, and my wife invited them to our New Year's Eve service. And she said, oh, oh, oh my spouse won't come. He hadn't been in a church service in 100 years or whatever. He just won't come. You know, I, I read between the lines. He had a taste of something he did not like. Okay. Now, follow me. The new, under, the, the new Testament understanding of holiness is not based on what you do not do, but it's based upon what you begin doing. And, and here's, here's one Paul told Timothy. Timothy, flee youthful lust. Now, you think, no, well, there's... Yeah, but here's, here's the... Here's, he said, flee youthful lust. And oh, by the way, here's how you do it. And pursue after righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on God from a pure heart. In other words, if you begin to focus on, this is what I'm going to begin to do to be holy, not what I'm going to stop doing to be holy. Because if you start doing what God says do, and follow after the mercy and grace of God, and and, and you'll find His favor. Hey, we are saved not by obeying the rules. We're saved by His mercy and grace in our life. And that's how the favor of God comes in our life. And so we look to the word of God. We look to the spirit of God. And we began to pursue after the things of God. And that's what Mary did. You'll find in her life, she didn't spend her life sitting around quoting religious uh, do's and don'ts. She just followed after him. And you see it in her life. She was walking in a faith level like Abraham, her father Abraham. Did you know Romans chapter 4 says Abraham was justified not by obeying the rules, but by faith. And what we see in Mary was a great level of faith. She was walking by faith, not by obeying re- legalistic rules. And as a result, she began to walk holy. Here's one that you can put, I started to say put in your pipe and smoke it, but that's not a good il- illustration. Uh, But I don't know, put it in, I I lost the illustration. Galatians 2.16, catch this. This is a principle of life, uh, a principle of the God's word. Man is not justified. That means just as if I'd never sinned or holy. Man is not justified by the works of the law, that is the rules and regulations of legalism, but by what? Faith in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And Mary lived that, hey, she was walking in a faith level that moved her closer to God. She wasn't under the law. Now, she was living before the law was, you know, she was in, kind of in this tween age world when, uh, but between Old Testament and, you know, and Jesus in his day, he was in the process of fulfilling the law. So it's a little kind of the twilight years of, to three or four years of Jesus' ministry where, where, where there was a transition time and Jesus was, was in the process of fulfilling the law. And, and she was ahead of her time just like Abraham was. She wasn't walking under the legalism of her day. She was walking under the grace and the favor of God because of her faith in him. Now, when you begin to do that, holy living postures you to find the favor of God. You'll start finding the favor of God when you start walking by faith and pursuing after righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on God from a pure heart. Here's some, here's some cross-references for you. Psalms 5.12 says this. It says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Now catch this. With favor... You shall surround him as with a shield. He didn't say he'll bless the legalistic uh you know uh you know mindset. He said, "I'm going to bless the righteous, those who have have found God's uh grace in their life and begin to walk with God and walk with him and 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 follow after him and pursue after righteousness, faith, love and peace." And those people will be surrounded by the favor of God as with a shield. I'll take me some of that. Amen. And then Proverbs 14, 35, I lo, oh, pardon me, I got ahead. Proverbs 12, 2, catch this, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. Amen? So, hey, Mary had a hearing heart. She had a holy heart. She had a, a, a pardon me, a humble heart and a holy heart. And number four, and I'll close, she had a helpful heart. She had a heart to help. She was a servant. What did I say she said when, when she finally got a grip on what was going on and, and, uh, and she embraced the word of the Lord in her life in verse 38? She said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. What did she say? I'm a servant here. I'm going to do my part. I'm a female slave to you. I'll do my part in helping the plan of God unfold in my life. And when you look at her... Now, after after Jesus' birth, and then through the Gospels, and then she shows up back at the cross, and we see her there. And then she was in Pentecost. Here's the cool thing. Do you know Mary and Jesus' brothers were in Pentecost? You see Mary now, she's a tongue-talking, spirit-filled church member. Boy, wouldn't you like to have her in your church. Now, we see, you know the first miracle Jesus did? Recorded miracle? Loddy, if you know it, raise your hand. Loddy, how many would like to know the first recorded miracle? Jesus did what? Somebody tell me. Turn the water into wine. Some of you wine-bibbers are going, yeah, man. He turned the water into wine. Now, we know that uh, uh, we won't go down that road. But here's Jesus. He's really, according to the way it reads, and I won't go there, he's not ready to start doing miracles. (laughs) But Mama said, when Mama says something, it don't matter if you're 30 years old or not. When Mama says something, when Mama gets... What Mama wants, mama gets. And so there was the wedding in Cana. And, and, and Mary looked at Jesus and said, hey, they're out of wine. Give them something to drink. Now, here's my divine imagination. She knew who he was, of course. He's not just her son. He's the son of God. I'm going to read between the lines here. And this is dangerous. But she knew he could do it. This, this is just for fun. I'm thinking as a young guy around the house, he might have pulled a few miracles off. I'm just thinking. Hey, mom, the cow died. I can fix that. I'm just, that's just my divine imagination. I just can't help it, you know, because he's the son of God. Because when, when, when there was no wine, she looked at Jesus and said, we need wine. Do something. And he didn't he say, My time is not yet. And her heart of service, that's where we're going, saw the situation, and she pulled rank on the Son of God as his as his delegated authority and said, Hey, I'm asking. We need to help these people do something. That's just me. And he turned the water into wine. Isn't that cool? To me, it reveals her heart for these people and her desire to help. She was a helper. She had a helpful heart. Uh, And uh, in fact, Proverbs 14, 35 says, the king's favor is toward a wise servant. I'm sure we could find some more things about Mary. But let's ponder these four things for a moment that positioned her in a place where where she found the favor of God. Now I'm really stretching it here, but let me just, let me just say, because of the spiritual nature that she was walking in prior to this, this angelic encounter and this immaculate conception, I'm, I'm just thinking that Mary wanted all that God had for her. And she was saying, Lord, I just want all you have for me. And she found favor. Whatever she was doing prior to Luke chapter 1, we can see in some of these thoughts that I've shared with you, positioned her at a place where the favor of God came upon her. It's never random. It's always deliberate. And I'm convinced that the favor of God on our life, God desires it to get on us and stay on us. Now, let's think about Mary, and I'll close. How many of you know Calvary was no fun for Mary? She didn't like seeing her son hanging on the cross, brokenhearted. But she knew what was going on. Still hurt. Do you think at that moment the favor of God was not on her? No, she had the favor of God. Listen, let's let's learn from Mary. The favor of God on our life doesn't mean everything always goes right. It means that God is with us through it all. In the good times and in the bad times. I'm walking in the favor of God. Let's don't be so such simpletons to think that if you ever have a pain, you're not in the favor of God. Or if you ever have a heartbreak, the, the God's lifted His hand up. There's only, listen, there's only one person, one child that God ever took His hand off of. And it was His own son, Jesus. He's the only one who ever has to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? And so understand something. God wants to favor us. It has nothing to do with our pocketbook, even though it might affect that. It has, come on, it's not in the, just in the temporal things of this life. It's what will take us through this life with the joy of the Lord in our heart. Now, let me give you one more verse. I want you to turn to it just so you see it in your Bible. Psalms 102, verse 13. Psalms 102, verse 13. It says this, You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. Everyone say set time. Now, let me just put this in in context for us today. How many of you know you could interpret for us today Zion is God's people? Are you with me? Say amen. You think Zion refers to anybody other than God's people? We could take time to validate that for you. You can trust me for this moment. Look it up later. But here, here is the insight. God will arise and have mercy on Zion. Listen, when Jesus came to planet earth, what was God doing? He was arising and having mercy on Zion. And he was in, he was implementing the prophetic set time for his favor, that is the mercy and the grace of God to be made manifest on the earth and deliver us from our sins. Uh, The set time has come. I believe the church is the age of grace. It, we're living in the age of grace when when God's mercy and grace is made manifest. We don't know how long it lasts. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know how much time we have to evangelize our world, but we are living in an age and in a set time when God wants to favor us, not just for me, myself, and I, but for the purpose of his purpose, and that is to win people to Christ and cause people to be born again and cause people to be set free for people to experience the favor and the grace of God in their life like never before. We're living in the set time. God wants to favor us. And let's learn from Mary, and I'll close, that if we can embrace God's Word as God's... How many of you know the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration from God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for for training in righteousness and correction that the man, and I'll say woman of God, may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, listen, we, we hear God's Word. We, we receive it, confirm it, believe it, keep it, ponder it, and we humble ourselves before God, and we follow after Him, and, and, we, and we believe Him that, hey, by faith, we can walk in power and authority over sin, Satan, sickness and disease, and we walk a holy life, we yield ourselves to the servitude of God, following the footsteps of Mary and really the footsteps of Paul and others. And guess what we will find? The favor of God upon our life. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's lift our hearts and our hands to the Lord and just embrace God today. Just thank Him for the favor of God on our life. If you've been born again, you've experienced His favor in your life. Lord, we thank You for the favor of God upon us, Lord. I thank You, Lord Jesus, that You're going to help us. Lord, follow in the footsteps of Mary who lived a life, Lord God, that caused her to be highly favored, Lord. It wasn't random, Lord. It wasn't happenstance. It wasn't just, uh, just the luck of the draw, Lord. It was the favor of God upon her, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that you're, you're, you're using her to help us today, to have a hearing heart and a humble heart and a holy heart. And a helpful heart. Lord God, thank you that we are living in the set time for the favor of God. May it come upon us even greater than ever before. And we say, as Mary, Lord, behold the maidservant and the manservant of the Lord. Lord, we just take the role of a slave to help you finish your kingdom purpose here on planet earth. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.